Welcome to the Casual Hour. Let me dust this microphone off really quick. A podcast ostensibly about video games, but mostly about sharing t-shirts. I'm one of your hosts, Bobby Pease. Joining me are my two co-hosts, Johnny Amazich and Chase Kinnicky. Guys, what are we hey. doing? I, you know, I, I don't know. We're back, and, and you guys are wearing each other's shirts. What the fuck have you two been doing for? Uh, no, no, no. Johnny is <laughs> just is, wearing my shirt. Yeah, this is called I am the also wearing my shirt. The Chase Kinnicky boyfriend T-shirt. Uh, we're okay. Look, I know we've been gone for a minute, but what the hell has happened here? <laughs> a I, lot. We haven't been gone that long. It's been yeah. what three months? Three months? Enough for you guys Four to months. be sharing clothes. Well, it doesn't fit me anymore. Actually, I and think the Chase gave this to me. While we were still doing the casual hour. For those of you listening and not watching, which is probably nobody besides me, they're sitting in front of me right now wearing a shirt that once belonged to Chase or now belongs to Chase or is property of Chase and Johnny's wearing it. All right, let me bring this back around. And I am Chase's property. Let me... Yes. Gross. Let (laughs) me bring this back around. Um, Today is April 1st. I'm here with my two favorite fools. Um, Yes. but, But more importantly, uh, this is the last day of PAX East. Uh, 2019. Yes. yes. And I can say that I have worn the shirt that I am wearing to PAX. Uh, for those of you not watching the video, because we aren't don't have a video, um, I'm wearing a shirt that has a cheeseburger on it that says content that is based on a game of TKO uh, from, I think, the Waypoint crew. Uh, and Johnny is wearing a... Uh, oh, actually, and I have a photo of myself with Danica Harrod uh, wearing the shirt, which is great. Uh, Danica's great. Uh, and then the shirt that Johnny has is uh, a Commander Video shirt that I got when I went to Apex East uh, and met with... Uh, they weren't choice provisions then. They were just the BitTrip developers whose name I cannot remember. Um, but they BitTrip were super nice. I played BitTrip Runner 3, I want to say. I think okay. it was 3. I think it was 3 when I got that shirt. And they all signed it. And that was really cool. Nice. And it doesn't it doesn't fit me anymore. Maybe it never did. I don't remember. <laughs> um, but I ended up giving it to Johnny. So I like it. It's, it's very comfy. It's uh, it's a Pax reunion. This is adorable. Of this sorts. is so great. Yeah, it's nice. Sorry, Bobby. I don't have any no. shirts. Well, I mean, I have shirts that would fit you, but they also fit me. So I need to keep those shirts. Yeah, yeah. They would be. You know, I'll just come over and sleep over one night and wake up in one of them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There, there you go. <laughs> uh, so once upon a time, wow. we had a show called the casual hour that we put out weekly where we talked a little bit about the games we've been playing and the news impacting those games in the community God, that played was them. it weekly yeah yeah what the fuck were we thinking I don't weekly know we and then bi-weekly for bi- a while yeah i mean it, the and we, i was gone kinda, for several months but the idea was is that we would get together <laughs> and just talk a little bit about games because mm-hmm. that's what we do that's who we are that's what we love right um, we well, Bobby, have, you actually have another. You've moved on to greener pastures, and I frankly don't know what you're doing without the two of us. Uh, yeah, you, you know, know, you you found yeah, a Bobby new home. found new friends. Yeah, I don't I, need I am, us anymore. I am supporting uh, another podcast as well, and uh, I which is really have, good, by the way. It is. It's it's a really it's a, it's it a is good, but you're also a damn traitor. Yeah. Well, I had to have the conversation about like you know. To the new girlfriend, the long one that I went study with, I'm like, hey, she moved back home. Mm-hmm. We're just gonna catch up, and get coffee. <laughs> one of those things. It's not that serious. 
No, I had a, I talked to him, I let him know that I was going to be hanging out with you guys and uh, that I was excited to, to see how you guys have been because I've, I've, I've missed this with you. Yeah. Because we've never talked in those no, in the three right. months that, that we've not been recording. We just Ever. completely severed our friendships. Ever. Yeah. But no, I am, I am thrilled to be talking to you guys again. Um, you know, I think that we've talked about maybe firing this engine up once a month just to, to do something a bit more official to, to date a little bit about the stuff that we're doing. And of course, like one of the things that we love the most on our show is game of the year. And this is going to help add some continuity to it. Uh, to go into Yeah. That. We just need to justify game of the year. That's I mean, honestly that's really what all this comes. is. And you know, not to mention like we're kind I'm of coming in into. Yeah. And we're coming into that time where there's a little bit of a lull right before a lot of the announcements start. So I think it's good to uh, maybe Talk through some of the games that have we have been playing because it's been a banger of a quarter, and then mm-hmm. uh, go into some of the stuff of the future. So, is there but any, also, I, well, also like we're I think we're planning on revamping the show a little bit yes. to to yes. try some new things or try some different things. Yep. Uh, to to shorten the show to make this actually a casual hour if possible. Maybe this one will go longer since we've got all this bullshit up front. Uh, I think um, we can do it. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, I think the the plan is to to shorten the format a little bit, uh, force us to think more uh, creatively about the games that we're going to talk about, and and maybe yep. a little deeper, more more deeply. And I think spo- thoughtfully, I, yeah. I think we might be a yeah. bit more like uh, spoiler. Go yeah, we're gonna like we're gonna like this is a raw look into some of these games. Like we're not gonna be holding mm-hmm. things back, um, like. If you have, raw dogging the shit out of this podcast, and we just we we're All back right. where we left off. All right, there we go. This is Johnny Amazich. So um, we've got just a few more minutes before we need to like really jump into it. But you guys have aired my dirty laundry about what I've been doing. Uh huh. Did you, have you guys done anything different since we last recorded? Anything new? No. <laughs> All right. Uh, I, I recorded a new episode of Gamers on the Go. Uh, only one. Um, it was, but with, it was me. with Johnny. <laughs> Uh, so there. we fuck you. We did our own podcast. Yeah. <laughs> fuck you, you know, Bobby. I, I I actually now that I think about it, um, I think that I since we stopped doing the show regularly have been playing maybe less video games or less at night anyway. Well, then we I don't find need myself, Johnny on this podcast. Yeah, yeah I mean that's why I you've guess, been crying um, yourself to sleep. No, at I, night. Like, no time to play games because th- you don't have. I reached a point. Much. No, I just I started falling asleep on the. I also got a really comfortable couch. Uh, at the beginning of this year, and so my motivation to get up from the couch and get into my gaming chair that I usually sit in, uh, really. How dwindled. bad does that chair smell? Oh, it's like <laughs> Fritos and microwave well, burrito. From... And it's not like you have any gaming systems that you could play while on the couch. I know, fair. No, okay, so I will grab the switch and sit it next to me, and then I still fall asleep because that couch is just so damn comfortable. Oh my god. Um, I'm serious. It's it's a weird. I'm so bored. That it's had on me. Okay, so what I have know. you guys been doing on your casual hour vacation? Johnny bought a couch and sleeps. <laughs> I did. Well, uh, yeah. I'm an old man. Bo- I fell Bobby, asleep on Bobby Sunday afternoon. A media empire. I was playing Chase's Minecraft Chase. with uh, with Jude in the middle of the day, and I fell asleep with the controller in my hand. Ugh. Who are That's you? That's where I'm at in my life right now. Oh. God. You gotta get out of that habit. Hopefully, this will this will do some things for you, to like you know, keep you from being with your family and being present in life and playing more video games. That's what we're here to do. 
yeah, really Thank fix you. the priorities. I appreciate that. Yeah, f- readjust your life, Johnny. <laughs> I need to sort my priorities out, guys. Uh, uh, but the the uh, Gamers on the Go episode that Johnny and I did was on Super Mario 3D Land. For the yeah, 3- for sure. Uh, Hell yeah. 3DS. yeah. Uh, awesome. Hell of a game. We had a good time doing that, and that's out there. Still, uh, GamersOnTheGo.com if you want to go find that stuff. But yeah, I've slowed way down on that, but I need to jump back in. Got oh. some ideas for shows, but I always I, I I can see at least two of them right now. Uh, one day there will be a Minish Cap episode. Someday. 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 We can only hope. Maybe. Wow. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, I want to tell you guys about Ape Out. Please do. Yeah. Actually, spe- I mean, be- to bring this full circle from the PAX talk. This is a game that I talked about a long time ago on the show. Yes, I remember. Uh, I saw it in Seattle, I believe, like maybe yep. a couple of years ago. This is a uh, you. I think this is one where you recorded with me from a hotel room. Yes, that's right. And we yes, talked about you it got, there. You you got information from the field. Yes. Directly. And interestingly uh, enough, man, whenever I saw this in the eShop, because I had forgot about it, and then I see it, and I'm like, shit! Like, th- why do I know this game? And I remembered. Yeah, that, exactly. This was Chase. Same thing happened to me. Mm-hmm. So I, I honestly haven't downloaded it. Um, I guess part of me, like, even though I had fun with it at PAX West, uh, I, I kind of felt like there wasn't much more that I needed to play. But I think I'm wrong on that because it sounds like there's a lot more to it than just the, the demo I played at West a couple of years ago. So Bobby, how, is, how has Ape Out been? Ape Out has been absolutely insane. It is such a mixed bag of like all kinds of different elements in a video game. Uh, this is from Gabe Cazillo. Uh, he has this published by Devolver. I think that they have some. Uh, I think they published it, and I think he's like done like pretty much everything else with this game. Yeah. Um, quick little snapshot of what you're getting with the game. It is a top-down. Uh, it looks like a Saul Bass painting. If you're familiar with him, he did a lot of the Hitchcock stuff. Um, it is a hyper-violent, beautifully. Uh, soundscaped video game of an ape escaping from uh, oh, a ape lab. Escape. But ape n- escape. No, damn it. <laughs> uh, uh, it's it's but it's top down. It's like a Hotline yep. Miami. Uh, yep. But but you're a gorilla. You are a gorilla. Um, it is a, a very simple mechanic game. You have a grab and an attack, and that's really about it. You have a left and a right trigger that you can use, or I believe you can use uh, X and Y on the controller, and that's it. Um, so this game, the premise of it is, is that it is a, I guess I'd call it like a roguelite type game. Cause you are essentially, uh, working through these levels, uh, that are presented to you kind of like tracks on a record. Um, they even do the, like, Hey, flip over side A to side B, which is really fucking cool. One and of they the are things, procedurally generated. Yeah. So the layout of these levels is going to be procedurally generated. Um, the content within, so like placement of enemies, walls, all that stuff is going to be rearranged a bit, but uh, the initial like, hey, get from this point to this point, like they do a pretty good job of keeping the the structure similar. Of like, there's a big square, a long rectangle, a big square in this particular level, but the things inside of those squares are going to be randomly generated each time you or procedurally generated. I'm sorry, uh, whenever you you line it up to play. Um, the idea is is that there's varying enemy types that are going to be trying to keep you from escaping. Um, usually by deathly force. So they have uh, shotguns or like rifles and then they start to evolve and they have a bit more widespread 
Some of them even start to get strapped with TNT that if you are too close when you attack them, they, they take you out. If you get away from them, they can throw it at you. If you're holding them and somebody shoots you, because you can use bodies as shields for the most part, but if you hold one of them, they obviously blow up. Um, it's wild. I think for me, though, the thing, graphically, it's, it's got style for days. Um, and incorporating in that style, something that we've talked a lot about on this show is music. And that, to me, is one of the most interesting things about this game. And there's a lot to unpack here, but the sound. Have you guys seen anything with the sound? Doesn't, yeah, it's, it's like really percussion heavy. Right? Yeah, every time you kill someone, isn't there some sort of percussion that happens? Mm -hmm. So like It's almost first, like jazz, right? It is jazz, which is so cool. Like You are essentially kind of orchestrating a jazz song in each level, which is so wild to be doing because then you get in this weird mix of like there's a hyper-violence that you start to ignore. Because, I mean, when you kill somebody, it's pretty gruesome. Like there's a big splatter of blood and limbs and you can sometimes pick a limb up and throw a limb at somebody but as you're like moving and navigating through this death field it starts to become more like man i really like to have a fill here i'd like to have a hi-hat so like you start to smash these guys and it's like tss, 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 and like the other drums come into it and it just fills in so neat that you get caught up in making this really chaotic jazz album and does you know, it make you rethink how you want to try and beat the level like based on how you think that the soundtrack will play out well yeah because you know like the game does a really good job of getting you back in the action if you die so like a hotline miami you had i believe one hit and you were dead and yep you get three essentially in this and so you can start to time it and the, you get a trail like you start to leave a trail of blood that gets bigger as you take in more damage so um, there's been times that, you know, like you're repeating the same thing a few times. And so like, you know, this part of the song's coming up, so to speak. And then you can add something different into it if you really want to. Um, but it just blends together in a way that like I really wasn't quite expecting. Because one, your eyes are just watching this really crazy perspective of a game. And the, the art style is so unique. The procedurally generated levels are always different. So your mind can't get too familiar with it. There is a level of like twitchiness to it because you have to react pretty quickly to some of the guys, and and that's one of the cool things is is that it's got uh, like it's not a stealth game, but it has some stealth elements in Correct. that uh, it doesn't so much have vision cones for enemies, but your character, the gorilla, has a big vision cone, and because yep. of the Saul Bass art style, there's a lot of really contrasting colors, and yep. but because of that vision cone thing that you have. It, it makes people just kind of pop out from places you didn't expect. And that's yep. where that kind of twitchiness comes from. Absolutely. And so the, like the first record that you play, because there's four of them. Um, that I'm, I think there's four. Pretty sure there's four. I think you're right. The first record is all about getting out. And uh, I'm not going to say like what you're getting out to or anything of that nature, but you're getting out. And the second one is like... I don't want to say it's like a horde mode by any means, but it feels like a horde mode because you start at the top of this skyscraper and you're working through this office building and it, the perspective stuff that they do there is absolutely insane on how they do the, the office building. But the idea is, is that it's surrounded by police and you're going down to the final level of this office building for a big showdown with the police. Um, and that has been for me like the high water mark of the game. I'm on the, 
like three and a half right now is where I'm at with it. And that was really, really well done. Um, some points I want to bring up, like there's been an, a feeling, I think I've mentioned this to you guys offline. And Sarah, whenever she watched me play this game, she even mentioned, she's like, wow, this is a lot like super hot. And there's not anything mechanically about that that would make me feel, except for like the guys coming after you. But I have felt so many hints and like vibes and emotions that I had when I was playing Super Hot, which is a game like you guys all know how much I like. Yeah. And playing this. Uh, like, and that you feel like a badass as you're. There's a big doing part of that. Stuff? Yeah. I think the visuals lend a lot of it too. Yep, like, you are. Really you simple are like this, color palette. Yeah, this minimalism, you're this orange gorilla uh, that, that kind of does remind you of the colors that you see from a super hot. Uh, you'll see, like, the bullets aren't slow like they are in super hot, but there are trails right. to them, so there is there is kind of that feeling into it. I, I can totally see the, the bits of, I don't know if I'd call it inspiration, but at least the bits of coincidence, the bits of connective tissue that you can see between those two games. That's, yeah, yeah. that's interesting. So... I've really enjoyed that aspect of it. I love it on the Switch. Um, it plays really well on handheld. I've played it quite a bit on uh, my television set just because I have a really nice sound system. And that's been something I've enjoyed immensely uh, is having that there. This is a game that like, I kind of appreciate dying in. It's got one of the best death screens I've ever seen in a video game. <laughs> uh, it zooms out and it shows you your progression on the, on the world. But it's a hallway shape. I'm, and right now, you, if you're listening, I'm putting my arms parallel to one another. And on the top portion of that, it has it's it basically splits the word dead. And it shows you a map of how it is. And it just looks so cool. And then immediately throws you right back into it. So like when you complete a level, um, you're in a longer hallway. And then a title screen comes up. And the title will have different music that goes with it. And you go into that segment. And so like starting over in that title segment, like it just always feels pretty rewarding. Like, death has a reward in this game. Like, obviously, you want to get to where you're at, but you can see where you've been, and it helps you kind of like, oh, shit, I was almost there. Like, if I would have, like, just tweaked and maybe gone up instead of down, like, I could have made this work a little bit better. Um, it is tons of fun. Man. Like, it's going to be high on my list come game of the year for style. Um, I mean, it's got style with a fucking bullet, man. Like, it's, it's just so well done. It's so well done in that sense, and it's so simple. And I think that's what we talked a lot about with Super Hot and about like how well it worked with the concept. So, I, if you haven't played it, I highly recommend it. Um, I think it is a perfect game for the Switch. You can buy this game for fifteen dollars, and I feel yeah, like there's okay. That's what, that was gonna be my next question: was how yeah, much it costs. Yeah, fifteen bucks, man. Um, I think that you can probably beat this game in like a two to five hour range, depending on like how good you are. But I do feel like this is a game like Super Hot again, uh, high high replay value. I think it's a great showing game. Like this is a game that I would like to like put in somebody's hands on the Switch. Like, oh hey, you've never played the Switch? Well, here's Ape Out. Check this out. Yeah, and, I and think, it is a console exclusive to the Switch. Yep. Uh, is it? It's on it Windows on... and Windows and Switch. Yeah. Uh, okay. yeah, Windows I, and Switch. Okay. Because I, 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 I looked it up. A different game. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, part part of me wonders if it does really have that high of a replay value. It because it, it unlike other roguelikes or roguelike roguelites out there, um, it doesn't have power ups. It's you're not you're not getting things as you move through the level. It's not changing every time, um, right. other than the procedurally generated 
levels and enemy placements, uh, which which can be an interesting way of of doing that stuff. But um, I think there's, I think that's the reason I haven't gone back and and bought the game since sure. since I played it at, at PAX West in Seattle. It's like I feel like. I kind of knew what this game was. And and yes, there is way more to it than the demo that I played. I didn't get any of the office building stuff. I was just in that first area. Sure. Um, and so I, I think I'm probably going to end up picking picking this game up and playing it. Uh, but I do worry that it's just going to end up becoming another game that's that's just kind of on my Switch that doesn't get a lot of playtime. Or, or if I do beat it, will I want to go back to it? But I think that's fair. I do think that's fair. But what's there is also really good and yeah. probably worth your $15 even if you're able to beat it relatively quickly. Yeah, I think if you look at like cost, if I had like a cost analysis for like joining a game, like this would it would be definitely worth every penny. There the one closing thought I'll say is it it reminds me so much of some of the games that we grew up playing from like a a skill and difficulty and like just the way it's laid out. Like they could this game could have in a lot of ways except not a lot of ways. Visually, it would have been very different, but the mechanic and the core of this game could have been on Nintendo. Yeah, totally. Uh, this, this could have been a game that, you know, you moved on a very different platform, but, like, it's just a point A to point B, have some fun, get into it. Like, there's something very familiar, but also something very fresh and new. Uh, it's a really, really, really well done uh, game, and I'm so happy I got to play it. Nice. Well, from one game that takes you about two hours, two to five hours uh, to another game that uh, apparently you can beat in an hour if you're good. And I'm sure, I mean, Johnny's good, so I'm sure he's mm-hmm. done that. Uh, Johnny, if but Johnny you want to talk about um, Se- Sekiro? Shadows Se- Die Twice? Sekiro. Mm. Sekiro. So did you beat this game uh, in an hour like some people have been doing? Uh, you know, I'm not that good. I have oh. gotten good, uh, but I haven't gotten that good. Um, so big surprise, uh, Johnny really likes the new FromSoft game, uh, and I, I, I think I like it a whole, whole lot. I think I might like it more than Dark Souls 3. And you so guys, this one's way yeah. different. Like, mm-hmm. like Bloodborne, mm-hmm. Bloodborne was different from Dark Souls, but this is way different this from... Is- yeah, all those games. Um, you know, a seasoned Souls veteran could pick up Bloodborne and and get a pretty good feel for it. The combat was a little bit more fast paced. Um, you had to be a touch more aggressive. Pairing shield, was different. All that stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, there was was there rolling and in this, Bloodborne? There's no there's you, no rolling, right? There's rolling. No, there, there's rolling. Yeah. Okay. There's no rolling okay. in Sekiro. There's a dodge, and yeah. there's a dedicated jump button, which you've right. never had in any of the FromSoft games I've played before. Um, you're also extremely mobile. So you have a grappling hook built into your prosthetic arm, and you can use that to get to high places and scope out an area. And it, it if you try and play this like you would approach a Dark Souls game, you're going to have a bad time. Um, well, let's back up for a second. Yeah. I, I'm sure a lot of our listeners... All of all of them, like all all mil- three, all all millions Hi, of them, I'm sure, um, are going to be familiar with Sekiro probably at this point. Familiar mm-hmm. with Dark Souls, familiar with From, but, yeah, it's been but out for just a on the week, off yeah. chance, um, why don't you tell us kind of what the setup is here? Because it's it's very different from Souls. It's it's in a completely different setting, completely different yeah. characters, all that kind so of. So it's it is set in uh, the end of the Sengoku period in feudal Japan. 
Uh, you play a shinobi uh, named Sekiro, or Wolf, as he's referred to, um, who is the protector of this young lord. Um, and he is kidnapped uh, by this general who cuts your arm off. And the, the lord, not Wolf. The lord is kidnapped, yeah. yeah. And so the... Yeah. the the uh, you Sekiro fight this general, and then even I found out even if you somehow beat him in this fight in the very beginning, you still get your arm cut off, and uh, you wake up in this dilapidated temple where a man known as the Sculptor has given you a prosthetic arm. And as you progress through the game and explore different areas, you can get new prosthetic tools um, that you can use in different combat situations. It's Mega Man. It's Mega Man. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Uh, and so you get like an axe that can break shields, uh, shuriken that you can use to disrupt enemies. Sekiro, um, man. yeah. Um, anyway, moving on. Uh, and it's yeah, it, it is a far departure from previous games that they put out. There are like some trappings that carry over, like you still rest at a Buddha statue instead of a bonfire. Mm-hmm. Or there are lantern. still fog doors mm-hmm. that I've There's seen. There's still fog doors that you have to beat a boss to get past. Um, but, you know, it really challenges you to think about how you want to approach a situation uh, in different ways. Stealth is a very important aspect of this. If you just go rush into an area full of guys, you're going to get your shit fucked up yep. um, pretty quickly. Um, it's, you know... It, I've seen, it's funny, I've seen contradicting uh, reviews and things like that saying, oh, this is easier than Dark Souls. Oh, this is way more difficult than Dark Souls. And I th- I think it all just depends on the approach, you know? Um, so I went into it knowing I would need to play this a little bit differently. And um, I, like, I haven't gotten nearly as frustrated as I would get uh, when I hit a brick wall when I was playing a game like Dark Souls 3, um, even though there's one, the first main boss that you fight, I was stuck on for five days. Um, a lot of trying days. To, and it wasn't like it was, probably took me five hours collectively. And like, But here's the thing, I never... Is that why you've been sleeping on the couch so much? You're just tired of fighting? Yeah, tired <laughs> fucking lady butterfly. Um <laughs> No, I don't, it was it was weird because there, there were some bosses in Dark Souls where I, I would get really mad and I have to play something different. And this, instead of doing that, I just went and explored a different area uh, and and took a little break and I came back. I never got as angry as I did with some other stuff. And I don't know if it's just because I played a lot of these games and so I knew, I've come to know what to expect. Um, but it was something about it that I, I, each time I felt like I was like, making a little bit more progress. And um, I don't, it's it's been really nice to to dive deep into a game like this again, where it requires all of my focus while I'm playing it. Um, and I I think I don't. It's too early for me to say, but I like this game a whole lot. It's for me so far of the games I played in 2019 is by far my favorite. Um, but. Yeah, do you, do you guys have any questions about I, this game? I, I do. could ramble for a long time. How how are you feeling about only having one weapon? Like Dark Souls and Bloodborne, 
Uh, well, Dark Souls especially, mm -hmm. Bloodborne, it seemed like they kind of uh, shortened the or limited the amount of weapons that you had access to. But the yeah. cool thing was those weapons changed into like secondary weapons. But in Sekiro, they, they it's really just the sword. Yeah. Yeah, and then, sword. yeah, you have the prosthetic arm that can change for like some special abilities, but it's all just the sword. Are you feeling uh, like, do you kind of miss having options when it comes to that? Does it feel freeing to really only have the one thing to focus on? Um, yeah, because I, I just, I, you have one thing to worry about, and, you know, most of the enemies that you fight are also using swords. Uh, there are some spear wielders, uh, or some really big guys that use, like, big blunt weapons, um, but it's, it hasn't lessened my enjoyment. I haven't at any point thought, oh man, I wish I could use the halberd, or, uh, the Zweihander or the Claymore or like any of the other weapons that I really really liked from Dark Souls um, and it's I don't know it's been nice because like the the thing that's so important about this is learning to parry and timing your blocks properly and you know if I was spending all this time learning how to use other types of weapons I think it would detract from that um, because there's a very specific way they want you to play this game, and I think it will be for some people, and it will not be for some people. Yeah. Um, but for me, it's really clicked. And I, yeah, I think it's a lot of fun. Um, I've really enjoyed the little bit that I've played of it. It's a good game. I'm just not very good at it. And Bobby, are you talking about Sekiro? Yeah. Made by From Software. Yeah. The makers of Dark Souls. Yeah, <laughs> a series that you hate. Uh, a series that I you hate. I, I hate. Yeah. Um, huh. It's huh. The 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 things that like stood out to me in comparison. Again, Johnny kind of did a really nice job of laying out the mobility. is is great. I think that I like how you move along with that. One, it's got a grappling hook and automatically gets points. Grappling hooks equal points. Yeah. The animation you can on that stuff looks easily awesome back too. out of any fight yes. that you're stuck in. You know, if you're like, "Oh, I'm weighing over my head here," uh, he can run really fast, and there's usually a place that you can grapple to to scale back. The enemies lose sight of you, and you can reassess the situation, or even go back to a statue and rest and be like, "Okay, I'm going to try this a different way now." Does um, the grapple ever have offensive capabilities, or is it just for? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, you can grapple onto certain enemies, uh, and then there's a skill. Where you can grapple and then attack that I have not unlocked yet. And, and I think for me, like what I'm going to have to do with this game is have really small moments spread out over a long period of time. Um, it's not a game that I think I can really mentally stand being in just because of the anxiety and the stress that comes from some of those those fights. Like, like as a non-seasoned from software uh, player, like this is a new game for me, which to Johnny's point, I'm playing it how they kind of tell you to play it and I don't have any qualms with that, but I do like the idea and Johnny, you'll probably disagree with this, but what I have told people, my initial feelings is, is that you immediately feel as, as big a threat to the people that you're against as they do to, towards you. Oh like, yeah. Like and, cause you can go through and you can clear out an entire enemy encampment, Yep. you know, super stealthily if you want to. Um, you know, sometimes if I'm if I'm just trying to farm experience or something, and I'm trying to rush an area, it usually doesn't end up working in my favor and I die. Um, but if I just take the time 
to take them out one at a time. You know, it, I, it, it yeah, it works really well. The, the last point I'll make is I don't want to take all your time here with it is that I really appreciate a game like this where like I've heard you talk about lore and I've heard you talk about like how fantastic these worlds are and how mm-hmm. how well designed they are like that was just something that how the fuck could you pay attention to when there's so many things trying to kill you in those games it's like how I always felt and, item and, descriptions bro well sure <laughs> but I think what I like about this game is is that like I can take my time just like looking around and seeing what the world is you can pause the game yep and you can there's get into a pause it. menu yeah so like when I was playing it, like once I got the grappling hook stuff done, like I was just hopping around looking at stuff. If I'd see a few one-off guys, I'd go down and I'd just do my best to fight them. And then I'd get to a really tough encounter and I would have to like say, okay, I'm going to put something else on for a bit. But yeah, like I don't know if this is a game that like has really clicked with me like it has with you. And I don't think there's any surprises there, but it's definitely the first one out of the gate where I didn't immediately want to turn it off. Okay. I have two more questions. One's, yeah. one's like a really easy one. Um, are you guys playing with English or Japanese? Uh, I switched back to Japanese after English. playing in English for a little while. Um, the only reason I kept it in English is because I realized the guy who does the voice of uh, Sekiro also does the voice of Charles in Red Dead Redemption 2. And, and I, Charles is I a really like, cool character. Yeah. Uh, but I just switched it back to Japanese last night. Okay. He does a good uh, job. The voice acting is good. Absolutely. Yeah. And then my second question is uh, I, the the subtitle of this one is called Shadows Die Twice, and that refers mm-hmm. to this new mechanic where yes. you can instantly come back to life, uh, whereas in Dark Souls, if you die, you're dead, and, and you have to go back, and then you have to go on your soul's run or whatever. Yeah. Um, Bobby, I guess specifically for you, because I feel like this is a feature made for players like you and, and if I played this game, players like me who don't like Dark Souls because of that kind of time-wasting quality to it of, oh, God, I died. Now I have to go back and, and right. grind all this stuff. And being able to have that one chance of, okay, hey, I, I, I can fuck up. I can come back to life and I can, I can actually get over this hump. Um, has that been something that has made you feel better about this game than previous from software games and then also to johnny uh does this feel like does that feel like an easy mode kind of thing for you to have that or or does it feel like it kind of balances out so bobby first i want to kind of hear what your thoughts are on that it's kind of like uh how i felt with celeste like how you could just bounce right back into where you were and so for me like knowing that that was like a part of the game like you were going to be dying a lot because of how difficult it was like this makes a lot of sense to me like oh okay this is a really nice quality of life feature one thing i encountered with just like my comfort in dying is that there is something that happens in the game a disease and i don't really understand that disease but i don't think it's a good situation and uh that mechanic though plays into that because it's about death so i do think that counts against it but for me I absolutely love it. It makes sense. It makes it more comfortable. It's a quality of life enhancement and, that I and that's appreciate. the dragon rot, right? Dragon rot, right? Yeah. yeah. And and I believe there is there are ways of of eliminating that or like clearing mm-hmm. yourself of it, but I'm sure that's like an extra challenge or to find items that are somewhat limited to the world or something. Yeah, and balance I, that out. I know you can do that because you get an item for each person in the world that becomes afflicted with it. 
Okay. Um, and then there is a way for you to cure them of that, but I, I haven't gotten that far yet. So is that kind of the somewhat like evolved humanity system from from Dark Souls in a way? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it also just makes you think about you know, okay, do I really want to resurrect? Do I think I'll be able to get out of this situation, or should mm-hmm. I just die and start it over? Sometimes again? dead's better. Yeah. Exactly. So, Johnny, how do you feel about the the die twice mechanic? Uh, I, I think it works well. They, I mean, they explain it in the lore of the game, uh, so it makes a sense from that perspective. And then it is nice to get a second chance. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not as punishing uh, because you, from what I understand, so you earn skill points as you kill enemies, right? Once you have earned a skill point. The only thing you lose is progress to the next one. So um, if I'm halfway to getting a third skill point, it'll go back and I'll have a quarter of what I've earned to the next skill point. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you lose half of your money, um, which where I'm at in the game now, there's not there's only like a handful of things I can spend the currency on. Um, So it really hasn't been a big deal. It hasn't really bothered me. And there's a area early in the game that's pretty easy to go through and farm and and just get several hundred gold or whatever you need to restock on some stuff so mm. um but just in, in closing i like this game a whole lot no real surprise there um and i'm i'm really looking forward to to playing more of it nice very cool man i'm happy to hear that uh it's clicked with you. I know that this has not been a banner year for you so far. It, yeah, and that's not to say I haven't played other things that I've enjoyed. It's just nothing has been consuming all of my thoughts as much as this game has since I started it. It's fair. Totally fair. And I'm the, I'm honestly the same way. I haven't had a lot of games that have excited me yet this year, uh, especially nothing on a scale as grand as a Sekiro. Uh, mm-hmm. like, like Division 2 is not... Not quite my thing. Um, what are some other games that came out? Like the Far Cry Anthem. New Dawn, Anthem. Yeah. Anthem. Ugh. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, like, and and the games I should be excited about something like Fire Emblem Three Houses. Like that one, I have some serious reservations on from the things that I've seen. So I'm kind of feeling a little bit down this year. I know there's some good stuff coming, but uh, I, I think the end of the year is gonna. Up. Like I felt the last few years, this this period that we're in right now has really been the do- defining period of the year. Um, yeah. But I I do think we're gonna get back to that last quarter of the year. I think there's gonna be some really wild stuff that happens. More that we're, I mean, more to come. Yeah, especially. I mean, this could be the last big year for these systems that we have currently. True. More to come on that. Except for the Switch, I guess. <sighs> Chase, um, I got I, I to yeah. hear about this game you're playing, man. I got to hear your. I want the, I want the Chase Kinnicky hot Chase, take. Chase okay. is you. Uh, Chase is well, you. Well, uh, Chase has been playing uh, Tokyo Mirage Sessions Sharp <laughs> FE. Nothing uh, has changed made, on the show, folks. <laughs> it's a game made by Atlas uh, for the Wii U, and for some reason, I did recently pick it up and play it. But that's not what I'm talking about uh, today. I I want to talk about Baba is you, uh, which yes. is where your pun came from. Good, which is a good pun. I just needed to get my joke about actually getting out there and playing no. TMS again. That's fair. God, TMS. Is so good. Uh, anyway, Baba is You is fascinating. It is, yeah. 
it's the the best way that I've been able to describe it is Sokoban meets uh, the witness meets programming. Um, and for those who aren't familiar with Sokoban, that is like the top down block pushing puzzle game. Um, and and that's that that's where the perspective comes from in this game. It is top down. It's uh, very much on a grid that you don't see the grid, but it's it's there. Yeah. And you're pushing objects and uh, in some cases, in a lot of cases, words, and you're pushing those words to create uh, phrases. So mm-hmm. like the, the title Baba is you comes from Baba is a singular entity. The, the word, the text, B-A-B-A, uh, is like a block. And then is is another block. And you is another block. And when you put those three together and, and make it say Baba is you, that means that the player character, what you control, is Baba, which is this little sheep doggy thing. Thank and you. then and so you use you're you're able to push those things around and push other words to create new phrases that will affect the the way that the game works. And so you're solving puzzles through that. So Sokoban in the moving. Uh, the witness in the kinds of puzzles that you're using, and then it's all kind of programmer developer stuff when it comes to yeah. you're affecting the game world that affects it's just this in that. stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a lot of it. Kind of feels like some debug stuff where you're like going in and and making things go real crazy, but it's all intended, which is really cool. So in that example that I use, Baba is you. If you are Baba uh, and you're moving around, you can move the word rock. And now if you push the word rock. To, to knock Baba off, and now it says Rock is you, you're no longer controlling Baba, the, the sheep character. Yeah. You're now controlling a, an actual rock that is in, that is in the, the world. Yeah. So now that's or, your player yeah. character. Or if you have two is's, you can be Rock is Baba and Rock is you, and now you're controlling Rock and Baba. Yeah, at the same time. And now you have to solve puzzles using two things at the same time and, and trying to push things uh, correctly. So... The, the basic way the game kind of starts is Baba is you, uh, flag is win, and uh, like wall is stop. Uh, oh, you know what? There's a little bit of scribble knots in here too. I, I think that's kind of where the programmer developer stuff comes from is that uh, it's using some, some really unique and creative ideas to undercut the developer's intended or unintended ways. And, and for this game, it feels like it's all more intended uh, even if you feel like you're undercutting it sometimes. Yeah, you feel like a goddamn genius. Until you yeah. don't, which happens very <laughs> quickly. Um, but so in that first example, Baba is you, wall is stop, and flag is win. So uh, flag is win means that the flag in the in the stage, if you touch the flag, you win. Congratulations, you can move on to the next level. Wall is stop means that when you uh, are up against a wall, if you try to go over the wall tile... It stops you. It's like a wall. Uh, so in that first level, there's the sheep character of Baba. There's a wall in between you and the flag. And then you have all those phrases next to you. So what you could do, there are a couple different ways to, to uh, play that. You can push the word stop off of wall is. And now the walls don't stop you. So you just walk right through the wall. You touch the flag and you win. Or... Maybe you touch, maybe you push the word win 
and you push off the word stop, so now you push it to make it wall is win. Now you just have to touch the wall and you win. Mm -hmm. uh, or one of my favorite things uh, is uh, Baba is you, Baba is win, and you just win yep. automatically because yep. you already are the thing that it takes to win. Yep. Uh, I've had to solve a lot of puzzles that way. Uh, so, so that's three ways of solving the same puzzle, but then... When you get to further levels, they will increase the difficulty by by adding lots more phrases and lots more mm -hmm. stage hazards that are blocks uh, you can't move. Exactly, uh, or blocks that you can't move until you can move them because you've used some some trickery yeah. with the with the word systems, and all of that stuff gets really fascinating really quickly. And like you said, you can feel really smart because if because. Obviously, in the first stage, they want you to push stop off of wall, so then you can just walk right through the wall and, and hit the the flag. Um, but if you're if you're a real genius, then you would have done one of those other two things that I said. Uh, but then when you get to later levels, you're going to have to start doing those things because that's just the way right. to really beat this level. And it it gets it gets nuts. There there are some really incredible things. Like just thinking about. The nouns of this world, there's water, there's rocks, there's skulls, there's crabs, there's kikis, which are things that, that move on their own until they don't, until you affect them. Uh, there's uh, cogs, there's pipes, there's walls, there's grass, there's, there's like all sorts of shit. And then there are all of the, uh, the verbs, I guess, uh, probably the closest thing that I can say. And that's the you or win or defeat or stop or push or melt or float float oh fuck float float I know. sucks <laughs> I know. that's why i brought text, it up it sucks texas float is a real bitch yep. <laughs> um yep but it it's uh, the way that you can bring those words and then they also add and at some point so, mm -hmm. so then you can get into the territory of Baba is you and key and okay now now you are uh, now you are now you're controlling both Baba and a key and you're moving around but key is open Baba is not open so if you can move your key to this door that says door is shut well now that means the door is open and they both go away and now you're back to just being Baba again and you can move around the level freely uh, it's if you can tell, it's a little hard to describe uh, using words. I think it's uh, something that you pretty quickly get once you're looking at it. Yeah. But but these just become like these feel like uh, they feel like like the morning crossword puzzles or or the the daily brain trainer stuff that you might get. Sure. Except it, it just feels like it's another layer deeper. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's you both have been playing this game, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like the two games I'm enjoying the most right now are the two most difficult games I played in a, a long while. Totally, like that was completely different directions. I, I was listening to uh, Giant Bomb and Ben Pack was is also playing both of these games, and he said, "If you want a game, if you want two games that make you feel really dumb and really bad, you should play Sekiro and Baba Is You." <laughs> yes, congratulations, I Johnny. You are. <laughs> I, I I mentioned this to you, Chase, before Johnny joined the call tonight. And one of the things that I love about this game is as complex and as difficult as it can be, there's a, something so relaxing and soothing about this game. And like, 
I think it's interesting too, in comparison to Sekiro, where the anxiety and the dread of a game like Dark Souls for me kept me from wanting to explore it further. There is something about Sekiro and also uh, Baba is You that is very much saying you will be rewarded for your risk. Play around, feel it out. You can escape from this fight really easily. You can revive yourself if you get killed. And in Baba is You, like you can easily wipe the board and be like, okay, I know enough now to like fly through this yeah. part here. Or just tap X a few times and... Correct. So I think that, like, it's one of the reasons that I got into digital art versus, like, painting something. And they both have their place. But, like, there was something for me safe about learning that skill set digitally where I could undo what I was doing very quickly. Totally. Where if I was painting something, like, that's a pretty big mistake and a critical error that requires a bit more finesse and planning. Well, Bobby, there's there's no such thing as a mistake. Like, every stroke is just another opportunity for... <laughs> But uh, but yes no totally like honestly it's interesting that you compare the two of Sekiro and and Baba is You and talk about how they're similar where I view them as the exact opposites like sure. Dark Dark Souls game from software game Sekiro uh, even though Sekiro I think does a better job of giving you second chances giving you options to un- hit that undo like you said there are still very punitive damages uh, that you get from from dying in that game. Like like mm-hmm. you said, you lose half your health, you know, half your experience, half your money. Baba is you has none of that. It is you hit you hit there is a button for undo and it just moves you one move back. Or just uh, clear the whole slate, start over again. Exactly. Yeah. And and it's very easy to just restart the level as well. Uh, not by accident. They they do uh, they have a good way of like giving you one chance to to mm-hmm. accidentally hit a button and not fuck it up. Um, if you're really close, but uh, it, it's nice that it's not just like an accidental. Oh, I have mine turned on to be that. Oh, you do? You're brave. Yeah. Fuck, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm finding it uh, one of my major pet peeves in in life, not just video games, is wasting time, uh, mm-hmm. and and that's why I struggle with Dark Souls games is because there are times where you play that game, you put hours into it. You die, okay, now I go back and try to do my soul run. I die again. I don't get those souls. They're all gone. Chase, let me tell you about a game called Anthem. That time. <laughs> no, no, please don't. I don't, like, I, I just told you I don't like to waste time. That's uh, what I'm <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not going to play Anthem because I don't want that. <laughs> um, but, but Bob is you. Nothing feels wasted because not only is every step and and I know kind of what pe- what the dark souls players would say is well you're getting the experience of like sure. you yourself are understanding and I'm trying to make myself sound like a douchebag cuz I play dark souls um, <laughs> but succeeded with, well done yeah totally but with baba is you it's yes you're getting that experience you're you're understanding that oh I can't I can't move cog into water because Cog is melt and water is hot, which means cog just goes away. That's the one I'm on right now. I'm on the evaporating river uh, level, which real bitch. Um, but there is uh, like not only is it uh, the the idea that you can uh, like you're gaining that experience, but you're also not being punished because then you can just hit that undo button go right back to where you right. were like even when you defeat even if i hit one of the skulls that says defeat and baba p- 
pops and the music goes silent, which is a super good touch. Yeah. Uh, I can just hit X one time, undo, yep. and then Baba comes out and the music starts playing again. And like it's, it allows you this play playground, this sandbox to to really just kind of discover things and and try things on your own. And it's fantastic. It, it's something that I get very frustrated with uh, rather quickly because I feel like I should know the answer or I feel like I'm uh, really close to the answer and I'm just missing that one little thing. And unlike other games, this this hasn't been something where I can just leave it and then come back a, an hour or a day later and, and solve it immediately. It's it's nope. I'm still having this fucking problem because I just don't understand computer programming in some ways. Like I don't I don't understand um, maybe the relationships that if you were a programmer or did know some of these things, it's not so much that you have to know HTML or something to to be able to play this game, but. I think having an idea of how computers work or how programming languages work and understanding the relationships between um, between phrases in programming language, uh, I think that would really help you to be uh, better equipped to play a game like Baba is You. It's totally playable by someone like me who doesn't really have any of that knowledge, but I, I think there is something where I get more. I think I would get more frustrated playing this game than somebody who understands code and understands how these relationships all tie back into each other a little bit more uh, cleanly. Are you are you guys I, I, finding some of that as well? Yeah, I, I mean, for me, it's one of those situations too where like I I have I've been re, uh, importing video footage of me playing this game. And, like, it's really interesting to see, like, as I'm, like, scrubbing through video to, like, make some edits, like, I get into one level and, like, I forgot, like, how much time I spent on that level. Totally. And, mm-hmm. and it's, like, going back to the video, I'm just like, man, you were so fucking stupid. And then you figured it out. And it's like, that's really cool. But, like, the movement and, like, the placing, like, just, it's, it really does encourage, like, a play like I did a few years of of programming, like I, it was required for my my degree, and I absolutely hated it. And again, like I'm not mathematically inclined. I don't think with my brain that way. I like to I like to feel things a bit more. And there's a really weird thing happening in Baba is you, where there's like the ability to emotionally feel something, like while also critically thinking about it. Like I think there's some really interesting mixes of like left and right side brain thinking in that game. And I, I look at a company like Apple who has been trying really hard with like coding to like try and like get people involved in coding at a younger age. And again, like by no means are you writing code and Baba is you, but I think that you're training your brain to think in a way from a programming language that it fully understands like the, the cause and effect of putting certain words together and what that mm-hmm. means. Like and logic. Like, yeah. And, like, for me, like, it also helps out quite a bit with uh, spreadsheet rules and formulas and, like, some of the stuff yeah. I use there, which I feel like it's a lot more inclined with some of that formula, which is light coding. But, yes, I, I agree with what you're saying. I definitely vibe on that for sure. I, and one of the here, – here's where the game really started to get me. I, you, you can get through the first few levels kind of no problem. And mm-hmm. then uh, they add – an extra level. And mm-hmm. that first extra level that you get to is, I believe is called the submerged ruins. And yes. yep. this, this is one I know Johnny and I 
uh, kind of indirectly talked about a little, and I'm guessing, Bobby, from that reaction that you've also passed this. This one mm-hmm. feels like the first one of, hey, uh, you think you know what you're doing. You don't mm-hmm. know shit. And then, mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, that's that's kind of this, uh, that first one that really tests you and and shows you that this game is is maybe more than what you considered. And and I've got the level pulled up here, so I'm looking at it again. I know it's not super fascinating to talk about something like this, but there's there's a rock that you have to push uh, at least a couple spaces because there's uh, there are some words there that you need. It's actually the words are rock is push, and you need to use those so you can get the word push and change it to some other things in the word rock as well. Uh, so you have to push this rock a number of times, but if you push it just a little bit too far, you also push the words crab and flag into these uh, into these terms where crab becomes defeat and flag becomes win. And you need something to be on win because that's the only way to beat the level. And you need, which means you also have to have crab hit defeat. And the problem is there's a flag behind a couple of crabs and you have to be able to pass through those crabs. And for the longest time, when you're playing this level, it's like, well, the first thing I got to do is is knock that rock over just enough to make flag as win and crab as defeat because I need to go get those words, and that's the only way to get them out of this place. And that's what you think for the longest time. And then you find out that you can push just enough to... You, you can take uh, the word... Oh, what is it? Um, uh, I think it's rock is... If you push rock is push off, so rock is no longer push. Now you can walk through the rock instead mm-hmm. of instead of it being an object that pushes. So you only have to move it two spaces rather than three. And that third space is where it, it kind of puts the whole level into motion. So if you can just get it there, move the rock is push off. So now you can move through it. Now you can treat the whole level way differently and be able to use the resources of it. And I feel like that's the first level that really made me first tear my hair out of going i don't know what i can do to this i feel like i've done every possible thing uh but then you you actually get to the end of it and you figure it out and you go oh that's that's how that works that's that's really incredible like that that level i think is is once you've once you've beaten that level or once you've figured out the trick to that level or uh even once you see that level and and understand how daunting some of these tasks can be that's where the game really starts to show its true colors. That's where uh, I think I think that level is is really where you see if Baba is you is for you or if it's totally not for you. And yep. I, and as much as this game frustrates me, I think this game is for me. Like this, there's some really cool stuff in here. I like the visuals. I like the music. Uh, I like a lot of the aesthetic stuff that it has going on. But I just really like the mechanics of this game. And there's something just really fascinating about playing with all these words. Mm-hmm. And that's coming from somebody who has no interest in programming or or any of that kind of stuff, but just likes the way these relationships work and likes the way you can create strategies and solve these little puzzles that way. Um, and, and also it does, uh, it feels a little bit more like The Witness. I know I said The Witness just in that it's a puzzle game, but it feels like The Witness in... I can leave at any time. There's there's usually three or four different puzzles available to you at any one time. So you can go and go, okay, I can't, I don't understand the submerged ruins. 
well, that's an extra level. You don't have to do that right now. You can go to right. these other three levels. And, and then you can bring some of that knowledge back with you when it's, when it's time to say, okay, now it's time to come back to the submerged ruins and, and make it my bitch or whatever. <laughs> uh, and that's, that's where, uh, where the witness really hit me of you'd get to the, the town, the village in the middle of the map, and there's all these crazy symbols that you've never seen before. And you can't really solve... I mean, you could solve them right then, but you just don't have the knowledge, you don't have the, the information to be able to, to solve those correctly. But once you go to different parts of the island that show you, okay, here's, here's what the triangle stuff means, or here's where the dots mean, now you can start to bring those back with you, and now you can solve stuff in the village. That's, that's kind of where Baba is you works. And it works in that similar thing of like, I don't know how, what to do with this right now, or I know kind of the things I can manipulate, but I'm not getting it right, so I don't feel like I know all of the mechanics or the tricks. There are other levels that are there that will probably teach you those tricks in some form or fashion that then you can bring back to, to previous levels. And, and that's really cool because 100%. you don't just feel like you're stuck on one level the entire time. Yeah, I think that yes. it's. I, I mean, I don't think I could say anything better than what you just did to like summarize it. Like it's, it's a game that I feel very comfortable at being bad at, mm -hmm. but also feel very rewarded at figuring out. Whether it takes me a minute or thirty to do it, my deduction pays off, and I really appreciate totally. that. Yeah, I bad is me for sure. I'm yeah. I I am not very good at that, but like. I do enjoy, uh, it's happened a couple times, where I just send you guys like, kind of the answers. You're not able to really determine what the answers are because it's just me saying three-word phrases. It's just, saying, yeah. it's just me going, rock is sync. Yes. <laughs> you guys going like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, rock is sync, guys. Rock is sync. Everything's yep. great. <laughs> so this game is also $15, I believe. Mm -hmm. And I think this it's game. out on pretty much everything. Um, well, I don't know if it's on, I don't think it's on PS4 or Xbox, right? I thought it was. Maybe I think that it's like, like, uh, <clears throat> let me pull it back up here. Like, I think it's one of those weird, like, itch.io type situations. Because um, this was a, uh, hey, you might be right. a game jam game. It's on Steam, initially. it's on itch.io, it's on the Humble Store. It's on Nintendo eShop, and it's also on Bandcamp, which I think yep. is the music, which is fantastic. Um, which is really, I mean, like, so two big bangers to the Switch right here, this, this episode. The yeah, Switch is the I'm indie sure darling we love. I'm sure it'll come to other consoles soon. It's not like it's, it's not like there's any reason it couldn't. But this is also, it's given me um, minute vibes. Too. For sure, and and I think it's a lot of the art style. It's a lot of the for sure playing it in a more clever fashion. There's yep. there's something really neat about this that that reminds me of Minute. But I think I like this maybe even a little bit more than Minute. So fifteen bucks, Baba is you. You can download it on PC or or Switch. Um, Chase, do you think this is a game that you'll be talking about in December? Probably. Uh, I I hope. Uh, like this game is not specifically made for me. There are things that I really enjoy about it, but um, there should be games coming out this year that I can think about: Psychonauts 2, Pokemon, Fire Emblem, 
other things that are way more in my wheelhouse that I feel like we would probably knock this game off any sort of yeah. list. Um, and no. I'm just going to keep talking. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, but uh, there are other games out there that I think would knock this game off the list for me. Okay. Uh, but but there's something really cool about it, and I could see myself bringing it up for, for lots of different categories. Uh, I think style is probably something I'd bring it up for. Probably would lose to Ape Out, but yeah. it, I think it's something to talk about. Um, and, yep, I and agree. And, you know, Baba, best new character for sure. Absolutely. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, gentlemen, I know that we talked a bit about the format. We have some news we can talk about, but or we can just say we're happy with these three games tonight. What would you like to do? I'd like to cover the news a little bit because I, I think there yep. is some interesting stuff. And, and having you both here and having your, uh, let's call it expertise and be generous. Sure. Um, sure. But I would, like, we've, had, we've had two new-ish console announcements. Uh, actually, there's been a lot of new console news. We've, we've, uh, there's been potentially two new Switches coming out uh, in the semi-near future. One's yep. more like a casual handheld 3DS kind of thing, and the other one's supposed to be more of like a Switch Pro. Mm -hmm. um, and that's interesting enough on its own, but uh, the systems that we really want to talk about is the Google uh, Stadia and Apple Arcade, which I still don't really quite understand what Apple Arcade is. So let, can we start me, with that one? Yeah, and I want to start with this, a little disclaimer. I do work for Apple. Uh, by no means do you they... You built this. They, they yep. do, this I did not build thing. this. I did not do that. Uh, by no means do I represent their beliefs or feelings on anything that I've shared or will talk about tonight on the show. But I also just want you as a listener to be aware that like, I work for Apple and I appreciate what Apple does. And I don't want you to be like, oh, he only likes it because he works for Apple. Like, I do think there's some cool stuff here to talk about. But by in no means am I speaking on behalf of Apple when I do this stuff. Sure, but like Tim Apple did come up to you and say, Bobby, I want you to go on the casual hour <laughs> yeah. and, and talk about our, our the game Apple yeah. That's, that's um, a direct directive that's from the, Tim Apple. That's a direct quote. CEO. Um, so Apple Arcade is... It shares a lot of similar DNA to Microsoft's Game Pass service. So you will pay a flat fee, which has not been disclosed yet, per month that gets you uh, exclusive games to the App Store, but then also um, a handful of other games that a developer can include into this service. I don't know what that would look like for them on if there's an audition or if it's more or less just like, hey, we want to have our game on that platform or that service. Um, it ranges across any iOS device as well as Apple TV. Mac OS, and, right? And Mac OS. And so you'll be able to uh, subscribe to the service. And then on any of those platforms that the games are involved with, you'll be able to download them to that platform. I don't know if it's going to do safe states. I don't know if it is a continual handoff. I don't know those details at this time. I mean, a, a lot of games handle your saves in iCloud already. Correct. I just don't know so, if it'll be like how instantaneous that will be. Especially yeah. compared to like something else that was that we'll talk about with Google Stadia. So are um, these are these still apps at the end of the day? Is or these, is these this are like apps, a like, separate so thing? If, if I didn't Isn't... have 
What's that? Go ahead, Johnny. Uh, isn't the idea basically to get exposure for games that would otherwise not be as popular because people don't want to spend money on yeah, a single I, I thing? Think, I think what they're really trying to do is combat where the past 10 years has really put games at as a whole, where specifically on a mobile platform, like right now you can download, I'll use this game, I've used it uh, when I was on the Nerdy Bits, for example, with that, but you can get XCOM downloaded on your iPad for like 10 bucks, Mm -hmm. usually on sale. That game still to this day in the Microsoft store, that same game is $30. And there's been this really big like value versus benefit debate over the last decade on freemium games versus like why, like why would this game fail if it was 99 cents versus, you know, 10.99. And I think what they're looking at is just how do you, get people who only play free games to give these developers that like put a lot of their heart and soul into these games more of a shot and a chance. And I think giving it on a way that like, Hey, you can spend this flat amount of money per month. The developers are going to benefit from it and you're going to get to hear their stories and play great stories. And I think that's really, I like their focus there, especially given the platform where I think like Stadia is really trying to go for your, your core gamer, you're, they're going for the people who have the Xboxes, the Playstations. I think this is looking at it from a point of, you have a really powerful platform that's grown and evolved a lot. We have an issue with people devaluing games based off of a price tag only without even having the opportunity to go and try them because, hey, it's, it's, if it's not free, I'm not playing it. So I think that's kind of where their, their angle is. I guess I'm still a little confused in the logistical things. And part of that is because I, I just don't think they were very forthcoming about some of that stuff because they didn't want to be at some of this point. Uh, and part of it, I think, is just me not quite understanding the Apple ecosystem all that well. But currently, there are apps that you can buy or just download because they're free and you can play on various platforms some some apps will work on uh on your phone and your ipad or some just are made for ipad and not for phones maybe that's not the case anymore maybe it still is um and then there are also certain apps that work with with uh your computer with your mac or with your uh with your apple tv i think there are even some apps that work there but it's Mm -hmm. not everything works on everything currently correct right right i mean certain things will but not all everything and so what this is is a subscription service for a a large amount of games they said uh a hundred exclusive games and then they also showed a bunch of games that i know are coming to other platforms so i imagine it's more than 100 games that they're talking about but 100 of them will be exclusive to the service um right and those games will be hey these games are going to be available for everything but it doesn't affect some of the other apps that are out there that can only work on one or the other or a couple of. Yeah, Correct? so you're gonna have your there, there's gonna be the ones that are tied like... to. Yeah, it's it's good. So like it'll be a situation where these particular handful of games when they come out will only be available if you subscribe to Apple Arcade. The other thing of it is is that like let's just use um, let's say that Baba is you came out on iOS and it wasn't a part of that service as an exclusive, but it was bundled into it. So like you could buy it as an app and own it and have it without subscribing monthly. I, as somebody who subscribes to that service automatically have it. Think of like game pass, like 
I can go in there sure. and I can play I can play Crackdown three because I have it in that inclusion, or I could have bought it and owned that game and this not subscribed to game or to yeah to Game Pass. Okay, I guess I guess when I watched the the keynote or the the presentation, part of me thought this was like a completely different service, which uh, confused me a little bit because one of the things they mentioned uh, that that actually really impressed me is they said. No free to play. Like there, no mm-hmm. microtransactions in in these yeah. games. Like that's that's not what these games are going to be about. We're not even allowing them onto this service. And yep. and part of me is thinking, well, that's where Apple and these developers make a shit ton of money. Why wouldn't you have those be a part of the service? But now it's starting to make sense that it's not like those games are going away or those games aren't available on other devices as well. But it's just that here's a set of games that work across devices, and yep. this is just like a small sect that is. Over here are some here. really good games that may have otherwise been overlooked because they're charging you a one-time fee rather than hey, download this for free, and then maybe you'll give us some money for a yeah. box of jewels. Or not even overlooked. Yeah. Like they've they've talked yeah. about new games. Like there's uh, who was uh, ah, shit Final Fantasy guy. I forgot his name. Um, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know his name yeah. right now, but like the hand drawn, like handcrafted worlds and shit. Totally. Yeah, like not not even awesome. hand drawn. It's like literal photographs of things, of scenery that they've like dioramas that they've built, and then right. they add on the 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 uh, the characters, the polygonal characters afterward. Uh, like some of those games are new. Some of those games definitely would have gotten attention on this service, whether whether they were part of this service or not. Um, but but still pretty cool I mean, that I think that it allows it. yeah for sure and like if you look at the app store and, and specifically the game section of the app store it it doesn't really change a whole lot when you go to the top 10s i mean it's mm-hmm. it's usually the same especially like what's even more eye opening is you go to top grossing so if you go to top grossing in the app store holy shit man like that thing's been pretty much pinned down for a long time sure. on what it would be and so um, the developer behind Iconoclast, like he was talking on on Twitter one day, and like he just put out a post where he was talking about like penetration is hard as fuck to do in this market. And so, like I think about it from a development standpoint, like how can you compete with a cash cow like a Clash Royale? Whenever you're trying to tell something a bit more intimate and something a bit more like focused and streamlined, like this is a, a time and place, a story. So I think if you had a service that didn't allow that crap into it, and I, I'm sorry, I don't want to call it crap if you like it. It's just not for me. But if you if you don't allow something into it, and then you have this service where it's going to shine a spotlight on these stories that people are trying to tell and bypass some of the like rat racing of the metrics of the app store to be like either featured or highlighted or recommended word of mouth, like I think it does a good job of additionally putting in a platform where like apple's trying to entice some of these indie developers in a lot of ways like how nintendo did with the switch yeah that's how i break it down yeah i uh, i think there's something cool about it i i mean we've it's it's something that has been going around gaming circles in the past of of looking for that kind of netflix for video games uh, having yep. a subscription service that is really uh not just an add-on like you get with something like game pass uh, or or uh, Nintendo Switch Online, the, the way they've added right. old games to that. Like, yeah, those kind of feel in that vein, but 
this feels like the first real step of, hey, this is a, a subscription service that we're really going to put an effort into and really maintain. And it's not it's not a side course. This is the main dish. This is this is what it, this whole thing's about. And it's got human curation when it comes to like recommendations, which I think is really cool. Like I think it can look at. Um, so they're doing a lot of stuff with privacy also, which it doesn't take any data that's not coming. Um, it's not shared. It's literally reading through machine learning mm-hmm. what games you're playing, how far you're getting into it, like where you're at with it. And they're using some of that anonymous data to then help make personal curations towards games that you might like to play, which I think is really neat. Yeah, I mean, curation is definitely going to be the the big thing with this service because, like you said, the App Store is a wasteland. Honestly, the Nintendo eShop is a wasteland. If you don't know what you're looking for, there's so yep. many games coming out to that thing, you'll you'll never really be able to find... It's really hard to discover a diamond in the rough because there's just so much rough. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, and it doesn't matter how many diamonds are in there. There's just so much rough. Uh, by the way, impossible uh, to navigate, yeah. Golf Story, the best, the best game with rough. Uh, you should go. A lot, go a lot of good rough story. there. A lot of good rough there. Um, so Chase, cool. I All right, I, I feel I feel better about Apple Arcade. Yeah, I think it'll be really cool. I, I'm curious what the price is and when it'll release. They said fall, but hopefully more details soon. Yep. Now, Chase, since I've known you, yes. you are somebody that I feel like we've had at times to drag kicking and screaming into some of the more modern things about video gaming but just like in general like that you you don't like to change some of the ways that you do things i don't have venmo you don't have venmo case closed yeah yeah the cash app he doesn't have that either i don't have that yes paypal i have have paypal i also have a i have a wallet it stores it stores paper currency what's that Uh, i also also have (laughs) i also have a checkbook uh, you are you are allowed to write numbers on pieces of paper and hand them to people, and then that is a transfer of currency. Uh, I find that to be pretty useful. If you if and you then I have take notes, is, how would you do it? And I have what is called a credit card. Uh, it's hmm. like a it's a piece of plastic that you're able to mm-hmm. hand to somebody, and they swipe it like a like a Dave and Buster's. You guys know Dave and Buster's that that I know Dave point. Buster. <laughs> um, and then the funds transfer from that card um it's it's really fascinating stuff like that that's the the technology i'm working with um and it's but really also... cool because that stuff's like not directly tied to my bank account well, i mean the, the mm-hmm. check the check the check is but like i i control that um but like it's cool because nobody can hack my check like nobody can can break into my house I mean, I guess they could. They could break into my house. They could steal my checkbook, and they could start writing checks. But uh, Venmo scares me because it is tied to my my bank account, and then I bet like all sorts of shitty shit can happen. And it hasn't yet for now. Shitty shit happens. I don't like it. I'm not, so I don't want Venmo. You also Venmo is owned by PayPal. Yes, but PayPal's different in that PayPal, when I use PayPal, PayPal charges my credit card, and then my credit card comes to me and goes, hey, where's that money? And I can go, oh, here's a check money, for that money. Please. You have never touched my <laughs> bank account, because now I'm sending you a check. It's different. 
Oh, I've but when it comes to video games, yeah. oh my god! <laughs> when it comes to games, though, like I have talked to you about, like, oh, why don't you just trade that in? You know, put that towards this, and you're like, I don't like to trade stuff in. Why would I trade something in? I want to keep it. And you've what also if, talked a little bit about the legacy aspect of something like Netflix, where what if you I don't wanted really to plug? It. What if I wanted to plug my Wii U in one day and play Tokyo Mirage Session Sharp FE again, like Sunday, perhaps? <laughs> yeah. But I also think that you're in a spot, too, where you look at, like, streaming as a whole, music, TV, gaming, mm-hmm. as something that maybe you haven't really jived with too much. And so, like, with all the stuff that we're seeing well, right now. One, that's because my internet's trash. Uh, sure. My internet has, everywhere I've gone, I've never had good internet, and it's made streaming anything a nightmare. Uh like even recording this show right now, there have been multiple times where it started to say poor connection and you've garbled up a little bit and now you get caught back up and it's fine. But that sucks. Uh, we've talked about downloads for PS4 and for Switch and for Xbox that are days at a time. There have been times where I've come over to your home to download, to download. a PS4 yeah. game oh, so right. I could bring it back to my home because that would have taken a shorter amount of time than just it downloading in my home. And you Sad. get to see Bobby. And Sad. I can, well, mm, he wasn't in the best so, looks. <laughs> how, how do you feel about a streaming service like Google Stadia? I think it's super fucking cool, and I don't want it. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, it, it, really, it really is interesting. Uh, it, the, the technology is fascinating. The technology is super cool. The, but it also scares me. It, it's made for... Uh, this isn't even... Okay. Set, please, somebody set up what Google Stadia is. And just, like, what it generally okay. does. Okay. So, Google Stadia uh, promises to fix the game streaming problem uh, that other companies have attempted and failed at, sometimes spectacularly. Um, wherein any device that runs Chrome... Uh, so many devices that a lot of people pretend, that own that they own already, uh, you can pick up right where you left off on a game that is being streamed from one of Google's data centers, um, and you can fluidly switch back and forth between whatever devices you want to play on. So if you are on your commute, if you're riding the train, you get home, you can switch it right to your smart TV, and it picks up just like that, right where you left off. And the controller that they're making connects to Wi-Fi uh, so that it also seamlessly transitions to whatever device you're playing that game on. Um, They promise super low latency, uh, 4K, 60 frames a second, if your data, if your internet's fast enough, Um, and then even up to 8K, they said, which is kind of dumb that they came out and said that. Well, um, I, I get why they said it. It's like a future thing. It. It's like, hey, yeah. we can do this when people are able yeah. to actually do it, which is um, not now, but it'd be great if in the future we've already set up so it can mm-hmm. have that switch. Yeah, we, we're thinking about the future to scale this up. You know, we'll we'll see if this is something that they don't get really excited about. Lots of people enjoy it. And then two years later, like, you know. Yeah. And, and I think that's we're getting my, rid of Stadia. my main problem with it is that this this feels like a future proofed solution that doesn't that that isn't proven for the present. Uh, or at right. least it isn't pro- it isn't proven for 
most people in the present. And they okay, they've they've done uh, let me let me start by saying I think they've done a fantastic job. The pitch mm-hmm. is great. Oh and yeah. The pitch I man was... is fantastic. Phil Harrison has been in the games industry forever. Uh, I've yep. loved I've loved his work when he's with been with Sony. He's done some great stuff for Microsoft. He's a wonderful spokesperson. He's a wonderful person uh, who leads this leads this stuff and then can also talk about it. Uh, fantastic. Getting Jade Raymond to say, hey, we're gonna lead Google development stuff, and we got gosh damn game developer Jade Raymond herself to come here and do cool shit because Jade Raymond's cool. Awesome. Like you've like you've I love the people you've put around this. Yep. But right now, what they're saying, and and they are saying it's going to work on internet as shitty as mine, which I highly doubt, but it it does seem like Hey, we know the internet, and and this was a this was uh, an interview that uh, Polygon I think did with with Phil Harrison. Um, some somebody did it. Sorry, I, I don't remember who. But uh, they talked to him, and they said like, Hey, there are people who don't have great internet. There are people who don't have internet at all, and you're pushing this thing that is internet only, that requires streaming, that could potentially require some a lot of data going back and forth for games. That needs to be super low latency, especially if you get into something like fighting games or racing games that need or Doom, that, that really twitch. Which stuff. they talked about, or yeah. Doom, exactly. Um, and what do you say to those people? And his answer was a little bit wishy-washy. In that, hey, you know, we understand we're we're trying to go for the lowest specs possible so we can go out to the largest amount of people, but also, hey, what can you do? We're we're trying new stuff. And some of that stuff is going to take horsepower. And if you guys don't have that power, it's you can't really do anything. And, and I'm paraphrasing what he said, but sure, that was the basic idea. And that, and to me, that sounds like, yeah, you're out in the fucking cold unless you're out, unless you're in like a, a really big city with really good internet, unless you got that fiber, unless you got that big broadband stuff. Like, yeah, maybe you're just fucked. Uh, and I live in a big city. <laughs> I live with a place that should have decent internet and sometimes does, but most of the time doesn't. And it just, it just worries me that currently I'm not able to really take advantage of this stuff because what I see of that stuff sounds really cool. Stuff you mentioned, Johnny sounds awesome where I'm able to, uh, well, maybe it doesn't sound awesome to like watch a streamer and then immediately be able to play the game they're playing. That kind of sounds like a nightmare future, but uh, but the shareable least, like, moments, like the, yeah, that the principles of it mm-hmm. sound cool. Taking uh, all these other ideas from services that m- most of us already use mm-hmm. and implementing it into how you play video games, yeah, sounds really cool. The idea of being able to ask the Google Assistant for help on a very specific thing. If I'm, let's say, Baba is you came to this service and I say, uh, Google, I need help on evaporating river, then apparently through their system which i i imagine you'd still need some developer support behind that I, i'm not sure exactly how yeah. google is finding that information but apparently google, how do you com- kill lady butterfly Please. yeah exactly um and then apparently the google assistant is supposed to be able to comb through youtube videos find mm-hmm. one and not only find the video for you but find the exact spot in the video yeah. using machine learning using the hey i yeah. see the, the, the screen that I see for you is similar to the screen that I see for this. 
meaning that's the same level, that's the same boss, this is the part that, that you need help with, and now you get to see that stuff. And then you hear some jerk-off go, hi, my name's whatever the fuck, and subscribe and like and all bullshit. Um, that stuff so, kind of scares me, because that just kind of leads us down to that dark future that I don't necessarily want. But the principles, again, fascinating, and it just sucks that I don't feel like I'm able, uh, that I'm in a position to take advantage of that stuff right yeah. now. Ten, five, ten years down the line, when internet gets better across the board, potentially, maybe this is a catalyst that forces internet to get better across the board. Awesome. But right now, yeah, it super sucks. And and that that really turns me off. And then, Bobby, I, I think you were kind of going in this direction when you're talking about uh, preservation uh, and, and talking about <laughs> keeping games. If Google keeps all the games on their servers... Google's the one who controls when those games are no longer available to you. One of the great things about... Uh, I, I like digital games. I like physical games a lot, but I like digital games too because I can still download them and have them. Mm-hmm. And now they're on my hard drives. They're on my systems. Uh, I can take my Switch out of my apartment and continue playing that and never have to hook back up to the internet ever again, and I can still play that game. And with this service... I could be playing Assassin's Creed 3. I would never, but uh, I could be playing Assassin's Creed 3, and then Google decides, you know what? Nobody's really playing Assassin's Creed 3 anymore. It's not making us money. The license ran out. The license ran out, and we're just going to yank it. And I don't know what that does for my session. I assume it just kills the session, and I can no longer have access to that game anymore. Yeah. And that's not a power I necessarily want Google to have. I don't want Google to say we're the ones who control which games get remembered, which games sure. are worth your time, which games are uh, are good, and that's yeah. that's not that's not a future I want to live in. Yeah, I I mentioned this briefly, but you know Google does not have the greatest track record when it comes to introducing cool new technologies or apps or what have you, and sticking with them. Mm-hmm. For the long haul, uh, there's an app you guys may have heard of called Inbox yep. um, that a lot of people really, really like. And yep. Google announced, hey, we're getting rid of this, um, but all the things you like are coming to Gmail, which hasn't happened yet. All right. um, we have that, uh, their messaging app, Hello. Like, there's a huge list of things that they've announced and so killed I had in this a conversation. relatively short period of time. Um, that makes me worried. You know, like someone invests lots of money in this potentially, and then suddenly they're like, mm, "Sorry, we're not. The service is going away." Yeah, uh, too bad. I had this conversation with a friend recently, but do you guys remember Google Wave? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And I mean, they they didn't quite kill it. They like sold it to Apache or something, or they they, they rebranded it, and a lot of those things came into Google Docs, but not all of it. And it's like that was something that they were super high on for a little bit and then just kind sure. of let die. Google Plus is another thing that came out like, oh, this is Google's social media service and this is going to be great. And some people used it and a lot of people didn't. And then Google ended up killing it. And for the people who really used it a lot, that was a super bummer. Uh, not for me. I would. Yeah. Cares, so, I mean, it, 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 it sounds- could be completely different with this, but I think that people are right to be skeptical. Yeah, I think that. As we wrap this up, you guys both sound like you're cautiously optimistic. 
I, I think it's cool, but it is not where I will probably play all of my games. I'm sure. shocked to say this. I'm more optimistic about Apple. <laughs> yeah, fair. <laughs> I mean, you are a gamer on the go. That's, so, that's true. That's true. With that being said, because uh, I do want us to be mindful of, of what we said we do with the time. Right. Um, Next ones will definitely be shorter. Yeah. So, so Chase, gamers on the go. This is something that you've done for a few years now. Yeah. How's that, how's that going? I mean, it's it's slow, uh, and part of that is just a little unmotivated. Part of that is playing other games right now. Uh, part of that is not being able to find people to to come on and talk about specific games. Uh, but like I said earlier in the show, Johnny and I were able to come together. We played Super Mario 3D Land Land for the 3DS, and uh, and we did an episode on that. So that one's out there, GamersOnTheGo.com, and uh, I I plan to keep on doing that show forever i suppose uh and i just nice. need to to get inspired about another thing or play another game that that counts do that and then there will be more episodes very cool man and you're on itunes somewhere else yeah itunes soundcloud uh you can search gamers on the go and, and find that stuff um but yeah gamers on the go.com is probably the easiest way to find that. and if they wanted to get more of you chase's hot takes on things where could they find you at Oh, the hottest of takes. Uh, they could go to Twitter at Chase underscore Kenneke, K-O-E-N-E-K-E. I, I don't tweet a ton, but I tweet a little bit. Probably probably more about basketball these days with the March Madness stuff going on. In, in it's April now. That's, that's true, and, and they're close to being done. Johnny. Yeah. What about you? What's what do you got going on outside of, of this show? Uh... Let's see, uh, the, the writing group that I was in last year uh, kicked back up again a few weeks ago, uh, so that's been nice to get motivated to do some writing. Uh, I'm in the middle of writing something for the other gaming establishment that you do stuff with, uh, Nerdy Bits. I'm really um, excited to, hear, to, to see that. I've heard some good stuff. Thanks, man. i gotta, I got to get in there and edit it. It's been a crazy couple weeks. Um You've been, Other you've been than that. working hard in the garage on your car, on your wheels. Oh, like, fucking yeah, car, your, man. your project car, which uh, is also your daily driver. Yeah. <laughs> my my project 2004 Ford Focus. <laughs> Great project. Uh, the the car is doing okay. Um, I I had to replace my alternator and some other stuff, and the nightmare has finally come to an end. Nice. Um, I'm for now. Sort of I'm also it's, it's uh, oh I get time. to. I had a root canal this month. Oh, everything's last coming month up, Johnny. Uh, I get my permanent crown put in on Thursday. So, thank God that's almost over. What's a king without his crown? There it is. Right. Nice, but man. Yeah, this has been fun, guys. And Bobby, uh, you've, you've got tons of shit that you're a part of. Yeah, now. you're the busiest of us. The media mogul himself. <laughs> yeah, I got a few things going on. So as Bobby Murdoch. Uh, I am a co-host on a show <laughs> called Bounty Board. As well as another show um, that we're going to be recording for the first time, hopefully, like in the next week. And that is called Postmortem. Uh, Bounty Board and Postmortem are both underneath uh, a company called Nerdy Bits, where we are collecting all kinds of fun stuff around pop culture. But there's like, if you like streamers, there's people who stream. If there's like podcasts, obviously, there's that. If you like reading things, like well thought out articles, we got some of that stuff too. Um, so it's been a lot of fun to, to learn a little bit more about the industry through those guys. And I've had the opportunity to be a part of some really cool stuff here in St. Louis. 
Um, we got to do the big Twitch meetup. We had a booth there, which was fun to meet some of the people in St. Louis for the, the Twitch St. Louis chapter. Um, but on a personal note, I've been really fo focusing on doing some quick look videos and I, I thought I would try streaming once and it's just not for me. I respect people who do it. It's just not how I want to play games. So I am doing a lot of video capture work right now. And, um, I've put out one kind of long form video and I just announced yesterday a bit more of a structure for what I'm going to be doing with my content, which is like five, one to two minute long videos. Like I thought a lot about how we consume these days, like whether it be an Instagram feed or a, a Twitter feed where it's very micro, small um, opinions on things. And so using Instagram to kind of house um, one minute video. Quick small looks, opinion from a big man. Small opinions. And then at the end of that week, doing maybe like a five to seven minute long video with some gameplay uh, narration. I'm sorry, gameplay video with voice narration over it. Um, to talk a little bit more about like a deeper dive or like dare I say even like a small review for that game but it's more about like what I'm playing what I think you might like if you like these sort of things um, and I've launched a website for it which is my gamer tag lumberjacksmack.com very cool and that's been uh, it's been something that like it's added a little bit of that structure that I like from podcasting it's been something that I think would be really cool for us to do is like to just load up a video of something like Sekiro and like have some commentary on it where we talk a little bit about the gameplay that's going on. I think that would be something uh, that would be a lot of fun for us to do. And, and then people could play it instantly on Google Stadium yep. after watching it. Yep. Yep. So uh, you can find most of my social links on lumberjacksmack.com. I'm currently trying to acquire. Lumberjack Smack for everything that I do, but there's variations. If you want to find it directly on Instagram, it's Lumberjack Smacked on there. Um, but I'm working on trying to get the ownership to the the handle Lumberjack Smack there as well. You should get you should get Lumber Smack Jack as well. Yeah. I will get all those things. Yeah. Uh, guys, this is a lot of fun. I I think what I should say for those of you listening, we are going to be on SoundCloud for a while. Um, as well as YouTube, and that's where you'll be able to find us. And I'll we'll have a direct link on Twitter to like this being hosted on my website, lumberjacksmack.com, until we figure out a little bit more permanency of a, a home for us for the casual hour. I remember when I told you I was going to put gamers on the go on SoundCloud, and you went, "Why are you going to do that? They're about to shut down." And that was that was that was a, a very big rumor. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think that, that now you've had to eat those words. I'm eating crow as we speak. <laughs> uh, but, but gentlemen, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I can't wait to do this again soon. It was good. See you in May. See you in May. Bye.